Today, Elon Musk releases the Twitter files. Boston Children's Hospital admits gender identity can just be a teen phase. Who knew? And Hillary Clinton compares pro-lifers to the Iranian regime. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and I've got a full table today. I just can feel the testosterone just wafting in my general direction. I'm joined by Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. I'm loaded with estrogen. Are you? At yeah. this stage in life, yeah, basically so. That's some. You just ruined my whole intro. Also joined by uh, Blaze. He's trying to take away some of the toxicity that's here. Oh, thank you. Like, so I'm glad you brought that up. Blaze TV contributor John Doyle. I was like going to load up something like, yeah, here's the testosterone, and then Alex and I can balance it out. But then, <laughs> so now, I don't know. <laughs> Swing and a miss. There you go. And then, of course, Alex Stein. Blaise Hello. Blaise Alex Stein. I don't even know why I'm here today, but thank you for having me. <laughs> Oh boy, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> Monday. Yeah. Good luck to you, Sarah. Yes. See if you still have a show after today. Uh, so on Friday, Elon Musk tweeted, you know, I love when I finish taping a show. And of course, Friday, we tape a little bit earlier than normal. And so we tape the show and I'm like, I feel really good about this show. And then, you know, Elon Musk goes and drops a whole bomb on Twitter right as my show is coming out. And I'm like, oh, good. So this is what everyone's talking about. And uh, that made my show completely irrelevant. So that's fun. So let's talk about the Twitter files. Finally, on Friday, Musk tweeted a link to independent journalist Matt Tabby. Is that how you say his name? last name? I think so. Tabby, good enough. Yeah. Uh, who then tweeted out a, a thread explaining the Twitter files. So According to the information that uh, that he posted, the decision to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop was made at the highest levels of the company, but without then-CEO Jack Dorsey's involvement. Uh, Twitter's former head of legal policy and trust, Vijagadi, played a key role, they said, in the censorship decision. And uh, emails and comments from former Twitter employees showed that everyone knew suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop was, as one person said, effed. Well, actually, I think they said the whole word, but I'm just going to say <laughs> F. And, um, you know, the, the company, you saw these internal discussions about the company trying to lean on their hacked materials policy, um, which obviously was questioned by many people because they're like, well, hold on. How do we know that it was hacked? Because it sounds like this guy just abandoned his laptop at a computer repair store. So that wouldn't really qualify as hacked materials, guys. Uh, and several Twitter sources apparently told Tabby that they remember hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement in the summer of 2022, I'm sorry, 2020, about foreign hacking, but no evidence has been found about government involvement in the Hunter Biden story. And uh, Twitter even resorted to blocking the sharing links to the story via direct message, which has only been used previously in very extreme cases like, I don't know, to try to stop child pornography, which, mm. I mean, he probably had on his laptop somewhere. <laughs> so maybe that's why they were blocking it. Um, so really, really gross stuff going on behind the scenes at Twitter. I don't think it's going to surprise I don't think any of the viewers, I don't think any of you at this table, because this is stuff that we have been talking about has, going, has been going on for a very long time um, in Twitter. But, you know, leading up to the election is just fascinating because this journalist revealed at one point that Twitter would field and comply with requests from the Biden team to remove posts 
Uh, by 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team, and they would list these tweets, and the reply would come back, handled. So, um, you know, dirty stuff going on behind the scenes at Twitter. Uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, according to Elon. He has promised more, but he also promised more and gave a firm date and then had to back off of that date and said, hold on, it's not quite ready, ready for air yet. Um, by the way, this this particular takedown of these tweets from the Biden team, apparently the Trump team and uh, both sides of the aisle had some contacts and they sent the same types of things, but it's just as you would expect, uh, they were handled a lot more if you were a Democrat and asking to remove something that uh, you didn't like and particularly maybe hurt your feelings. So there were more more ways to complain, more channels to go to, more contacts that they had over on the left so that they could shut down uh, any sort of dissenting opinion. Don't you love it? No. It's <laughs> uh, fun. No, it's not. You know, I don't understand why everybody wouldn't want everything out on the table. I mean, let's expose it all. I don't care what, which way you lean philosophically, ideologically, politically. Let's let's expose all of it. But it's amazing to me how many quote journalists are coming out now saying that Matt Tebby is a is a sellout. I can't believe that he's doing this. He used to be a good journalist. He he's doing what you guys should be doing all along, right? right? So when you see this and you watch the reactions to this, and people are now, you know, responding saying it was a hacked computer, right? Hunter Biden got high and forgot he left it at a mm -hmm. shop. I mean, right. it, that's not hacking. That's not hacking. The stuff comes out and, and they're like, oh, oh, so he sent his, you know, penis pics on it. No, no. What all of that stuff does is it shows you the mental illness we're dealing with in a human being like Hunter Biden. And then it doesn't make it very hard to understand the nefarious business practices they were doing with foreign entities and enemies of our state in order to profit the Biden household. So you can draw a conclusion from that. You're dealing with an unstable person. You're seeing this. We're exposing all this. But then you're seeing who the true insurrectionists are trying to undermine democracy. That's their phrase. Let's undermine. They were going to, you know, people on January 6th were going to undermine democracy. This, in my opinion, is election interference. Mm -hmm. This is what they spent $25, $30 million uncovering in the, trying to uncover in the Mueller report for two years. Are they going to spend $30 million to get to the bottom of this? I don't think so. It's unfortunate, mm -hmm. but this is the real, quote, insurrection right. on the part of the Riri's on Twitter and the people who are running the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to get your thoughts too, gentlemen, but I, I would just throw in there to the mix, you know, because I, I mentioned that and I heard people say, well, that he wasn't government then. The Biden, Biden hadn't been voted into mm -hmm. office yet. And I said, do you think that this stopped when he got voted in? <laughs> you think that his contacts just went away? You think that this is not still going on to this day? You think it didn't happen when Joe Biden was a senator? You think it wasn't happening when he was vice president of the United States? I mean, it, I mean, these things don't just pop up because, oh, well, right now we're not in government. Right, right, what, right. But it's like, okay, well, I can promise you if he was doing that, he had some sort of line in, communication in, uh, when he was running for office for presidency, I can promise you he's got many lines in now that he is actually president. Yeah, 
And there is something to be said about the sort of willingness that normal people have to maintain faith in the institutions in this country. So there was a very like cynical response from some conservatives like, oh, well, this doesn't prove anything. We already knew this. And it's like, okay, but imagine you're just a normal American. You want to believe, nah, there's no collusion. And then you see it. The collusion's right there. And maybe you're already sympathetic towards, I don't know, caring about your country. Maybe you're already kind of off put by like grooming children, things like that. This can drive people to our side. And our leadership would never have done something like this. They'll talk about it. You know, they'll have their viral clips on social media grilling each other in congressional hearings. But in terms of actually exposing the corruption from one of the most like influential, I guess you'd call it media companies in the world, that could only happen because Elon Musk decided for whatever reason to spend $44 billion on this company, which he could have then ended it there. Okay, I've got this company. I'm going to try to clean it up, make it more profitable. He's actually incurring a significant risk, both in terms of the company and also his own safety by exposing this. And he's doing it. I really believe just because he's like interested in the idea of being the guy to like bring back free speech or something, the online public square. And so I'm very grateful uh, to him for that because our leadership class never would have done anything like that because they don't actually care about representing their voters. They only care about containing us. Yeah. So, um, Alex, I want to get your thoughts, but I do want to I want to throw in here into the mix Elon Musk, who uh, joined a, a Twitter Spaces conference call over the weekend, and he did confirm, as I mentioned earlier, he will be releasing all files related to the DNC and Joe Biden's collusion <laughs> with Twitter, uh, comparing them to the Stasi files. Here's a little bit of that. Yeah, I was just wondering if all all accounts that were requested to have things taken down by the DNC and by the Biden campaign even ones that have nothing to do with the Hunter Biden laptop, if they will also be released? Yes, um, the uh, intent is to release uh, all the files. I mean, I think this is, you know, this is like whatever Stasi files or um, you know, Truth and Reconciliation, like Nelson Mandela would say, you know, it's, it's, if you want reconciliation, there must be truth. So um, that's, that's the intent here, intent here is to just make it make it clear what was happening and provide transparency about the past and in doing so to build trust about the future. I mean, that's a pretty hefty comparison there to the Stasi. I mean, you're talking about the German secret police that they went and burned and tried to destroy evidence of like 40 years of human rights abuses and all sorts of stuff. Well, Kanye would say that was good, but we're not here to talk about Kanye. Uh, what we're here to talk about is, let me tell you something, as a registered bail bondsman, as a guy that's dealt with law enforcement, the cover-up is oftentimes worse than the crime that the person commits. Like them, they commit a small crime, and then them trying to cover it up, they actually it oftentimes commit way more felonies and get in way more trouble. So I guess my point is with Twitter, them covering up information that we already knew. I mean, I was tweeting stuff out from the GTV link in 2019, I believe, when it first came out, even before 2020. So the fact is, we all know Hunter Biden smokes crack. We know Hunter Biden, you know, has the ding-dong pics everywhere. I don't care about that. I don't care about Hunter Biden's dong. I want to know what happened in the Ukraine. I want to know what happened in China. And the fact that Twitter censors stuff, oh, what? No, they censors up? No way! No, I'm shocked me. I'm so surprised. Not surprised. It's going to continue to happen so really for me all this hunter biden stuff's coming out let us know what the hell he did in ukraine with burisma let us know what they did in china i don't care that he smoked crack yeah um so i want to you as my bail bond yeah you are i'll get you out of jail <laughs> quick i'll get you out of jail quick so i want to go to donald trump's reaction and john i'm going to go to you first uh on this one because we do know that you are donald trump's biggest fan <laughs> and future press secretary but yes. yes okay so trump called for termination of the constitution and reversal of the 2020 election after the twitter files 
were released. This is, of course, uh, in a statement on Truth Social, because he won't come back to Twitter thus far. He said, so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election of 2020, uh, presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the, I feel like I should yell every time his, <laughs> he uses caps, and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders, that's in quotes, did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Termination of the Constitution, John. Sarah, that type of out-of-context I guess, classification of this whole paragraph of, of text <laughs> does not impress anybody of your caliber. Obviously, he doesn't mean terminate the whole Constitution. He means specifically things in the Constitution that might pertain to elections. But honestly, I think he's right here. Look, I say this as an American patriot, somebody who's on your guys' team, but unfortunately, so much of what we thought would safeguard us from tyranny has failed. I mean, look at the last two years of the American experience with things like COVID. We had the lockdowns. The greatest manifestation of tyranny in the history of the world, even under Soviet Russia. The communists wouldn't come to your house and break up gatherings. And what saved us from it? Was it the Constitution? Was it the Second Amendment? No, it didn't. It just didn't. And so if you're going to have something that safeguards you from tyranny, it has to actually transcend a simple document. I'm not undermining the document. I'm simply saying when that document was written, it pulls from the literal Constitution of the people, of the nation, of the country, and it says these are our values, this is what we're about, and so we're going to enshrine this in paper. Unfortunately, the stock of people that we had in the 1700s is just not the stock of people we have now. So yes, obviously that document is not going to be able to protect protect us from tyranny. And I think it's an important point to make because if you want to move on from 2020, that's fine, but you can't expect anything else to happen. I mean, if you're not going to acknowledge the fortification efforts in 2020, well, you're just going to run somebody in 24 and then the same thing's going to happen. Or you'll have another neocon who's allowed to win so that they can say, ah, it wasn't Republicans, it was just Trump. And then you've still got the wars, you've still got the mass immigration, you've still got the offshoring, and nothing actually would change. It would just be the uniparty continuing its cycle. Yeah, Chad, what are your thoughts? So the president... Uh, Biden and the politicians in Washington, D.C. for the last two years, and a lot of the leftist progressive re-rees have been telling us that the Articles of the Constitution are not written in stone anyway. They've been saying that. It, so what I think this does, if you want to buy into the 4D chess theory, and I'm not, you know, I don't like this kind of rhetoric when you start throwing these kind of things because it leaves a lot to the imagination there. Whenever you got gaps in the story, you start coming up with your conspiracies and try to figure out what's this guy trying to say. But he is driving people now to the Constitution to see what the Constitution actually says about this, right? And the Constitution doesn't defend tyrannical governments. It doesn't protect tyrannical governments. In fact, it gives us the right to fight back against tyrannical governments. If what we're seeing is true, and it seems with all intents and purposes that the evidence is pointing to the fact that we are seeing factual evidence being released, because these are their own words in the form of emails, we're seeing a weird social media, bureaucratic, even mainstream media tyranny that's taken place. And at what point in time do you not violate the Constitution or eradicate the Constitution, but uphold the Constitution yeah. and fight back against these things? I just got to make this quick point. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump got 150 million votes in 2024. Joe Biden would have got 151, in my opinion. I just want to know why the word founders is in quotes in his, in his statement. He wrote, our great founders, but founders is in quotes, and it's capitalized. And I Well, his capitalization is often <laughs> very cryptic. It's so weird. Our great founders. I think he meant that. Press Secretary John Doyle. Like the Go. founding. Real quick. 
Look, we've been reviewing the situation. The president's very clearly meant founders as pertaining to the often used phrase founding fathers, abbreviated as founders, but he wanted to say that just so it was clear. He was not doing that to disparage the legacy of the founders. President Trump's administration has also worked on erecting statues uh, that have been torn down from you know the efforts of the left. We uh, have erected over 15,000 new statues in primarily leftist cities. Kyle Rittenhouse has been guarding them all with AR-15s on a circuit. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I've got I've got a better one. He didn't want to use the term "founding fathers" because he didn't want to use gendered language. So he was okay. trying. Oh, to that's keep it. smart, yeah. Sarah! Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm just he's gunning in, for your job. Yeah. He's using gender that's inclusive. All. Good, that's all. Good all job, right. Donald. The Good job, the Trump. Birthing, birthing people that begat a nation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So, if you are a one of the two out of three guys who might experience hair loss before you're 35. Don't be embarrassed. It's not your fault. It's just the genes that you were born with, but you don't really want to gamble with your hair. What you can do is flip the odds in your favor and save your hair with Keeps. They have the same clinically proven FDA approved hair loss treatments are available online. So you're not going to have to go over to the pharmacy and go pick up a prescription. You're not going to have to go to the doctor's office and talk about embarrassing stuff with your doctor. You're going to get a doctor through Keeps, through their website. They're going to help you find the right products and develop a personalized hair saving routine that will work for you. By the way, a ton of guys actually experience a regrowth of hair once they start using Keeps and it's all generic. So it's going to save you a ton of money. You can go there. Keeps.com slash Y. You'll get 50% off of your first order. That is five zero half off over at K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Y. Over the weekend, the Starlighter in San Antonio, Texas, hosted, ah, uh, yes, once again, an all-ages drag show. Now, this one was uh, Christmas-themed. I'm going to tell you that, and you're going to think that you understand why it's Christmas-themed, and then you're going to keep watching the footage, and you're going to be like, oh, I, this has lost the plot. This doesn't look Christmas-themed at all. But there was a little girl who was there, uh, left unattended. Strangers were handing her money, adults who she did not belong to, handing her money so that she could go and tip uh, the grown men dressed as women, Christmas trees, devils at one point, and at uh, one point, a grown man, drag queen, also stroked her hair. Watch. So, those of you listening, someone's handing her money that she then hands to the grown man dancing. Good job, this young lady right here. What's your name, Mama? Agnes? August, like the month. I love that. Y'all make some noise for August. Are y'all her parents? Audience members say no. Where are your parents at? Outside. Oh, oh she's outside. Enjoy the show? No. Wow. I like how they laugh. Yeah, I know. It's enraging. And there is a drag queen stroking her hair. Um, John, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's what really incensed me in watching that footage was that this little girl was left alone by her single mother who ran the food truck outside, which we can get into. It's always the single moms, but left alone by her mother. Um, and she says, no, she's not enjoying the show. 
because why would she? She's too young to process any of this. It's all, I, I thought that maybe there was a, a clip of this in there, but at one point there is a trans flag, whatever, the rainbow flag, with 666 on it. And there's a drag queen that's dressed up like a devil. I mean, it just looks demonic. Again, a Christmas-themed drag show with all of these elements in it. Why would this little girl like this show? And so she's vis visibly, I'm sure, like, no, I'm not enjoying the show. And that's funny. It's funny that we've exposed this young girl to this. It's hilarious. Yeah, she's being traumatized in real time. Mm -hmm. And conservative, you know, it is about sexually exploiting children. That is wrong. But I've seen an argument recently from the left where they will post pictures of like 10 year old boys at Hooters and they'll be like, conservatives right. claim that they're against sexual exploitation, but then they take their sons here. And I think that we just need to have the balls to call balls and strikes and call it what it is and be like, look, there's a difference between these two things. Exposing a young boy to like, you know, low cut tops at Hooters or you know, women on the beach in bikinis, that's probably not the best thing in the world, but ultimately exposing him slightly earlier to what he will naturally take interest in isn't really gonna traumatize him. But when you expose a child to something that is disordered, mm -hmm. which is a transvestite stripper, a man who is dressed up in like this bimbo outfit, doing a strip tease for children, that Usually is something Usually the that, makeup also looks scary. Exactly. Yeah. That is something that confuses the child's understanding mm -hmm. of what a man is and what a woman is. And if you read like these stories about what actually causes people to develop deviant sexual identities whether it's homosexuality or transsexualism, it's really interesting because it can be something as simple as, I read one story where a young boy, uh, who, his mother was a midwife, I think that's the, and he came into this room while she was like delivering a child and he saw this woman and she was totally naked, it was very bloody, mm -hmm. she's screaming at the top of her lungs. And so his first exposure to a woman's body at like nine years old was in this very traumatic sense. And so it was very difficult for him to come to terms with his masculine identity and you know, and being interested in that. And so he became like homosexual and he had forgotten about that memory until he went into what they call conversion therapy and it was kind of worked out of him. So there's obviously no innocent reason to expose children to this type of content. It's not entertaining. It's not like it's you know a horror movie where, oh, it's violent, but you can kind of see some sort of merit to it. This is designed purely to exploit children to things that are disordered because they're trying to pass on the trauma that so many of these people have experienced themselves onto the next generation. Yeah, well, so since Taylor Hansen's reporting, great job, Taylor. Uh, we got another W for our team because the Starlighter released a statement saying that they will not host any more drag shows at least through the end of the year. Of course, they claim like, oh, we're, we're th their safety is threatened. We have to do it for the safety. I still have yet to see any evidence from any of these places that are scared and shut their events down when we, they hear from us. I, I've never seen any evidence of any sort of safety threat, of any sort of violence, of any of that. They just always claim that their safety is threatened. And by the way, in that same statement, they said... Uh, that, that the little girl was not, the child in question was never left unattended. It's like. I, yeah, by who? Well, right, like by the drag queens? Because I <laughs> yeah. mean, like, yeah, I mean, there, there was a little girl in there with a bunch of adults that were not her parental guardians. I know that because we just saw it. Yeah, and the little girl said she's not having a good time. Right. right now. Yeah. So what do you do? You go get in her space and start stroking her hair? No wonder she wasn't having a good time. Look, we just had a murder of a seven-year-old Athena Strand north of Fort mm -hmm. Worth, Texas. Okay, a FedEx driver kidnaps her, takes her, and, and we don't know all of the details yet, but it murders her, okay? At what point in time are we going to say, that, you know, we're, we're putting our kids in so much danger, right? It happens all over the world. It happens all over the country. It happens. A lot of it doesn't get reported. A lot of it doesn't get talked about. These are the kind of things, and you make a great point, John, because I, I said this on my show last week. I said, you know, if a kid walks away from a situation going, 
mommy or daddy, why? Mm-hmm. Why? They, you, something has happened in them that did not make sense. Yeah, if, you, if you're exposed to things that are normative and things like that, kid goes, it might not be appropriate for them, but they walk away, they, they know why. They know why a boy is attracted to a girl and vice versa. You walk away with this perversion of sexuality. Look, we already know pornography is bad. Mm. It's bad. It, it, it does so much psychological damage, specifically, particularly to men. Why are we going to expose children to a man in lingerie with fake breasts that are in, obviously enlarged to the point of being able to shake them all over the place, do as the video exposed? Why are we exposing children to this? Why are we hypersexualizing or sexualizing in any way, shape, or form children? Yeah. Look at the damage that happens. We've, we've seen murder just this week. All of these things that we are normalizing, we're laughing at it, pandering. And I, it amazes me that this place, the Starlighter, if you read their statement, is not an apology. Mm-hmm. It They became the victim. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. They said, we're canceling because of our safety. And they said, we stand by our queens and the sentiment that there was nothing wrong done at this past Friday's mm-hmm. toy drive. Nothing, nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, obviously the sexualization of children is the most apparent, disgusting thing, but when we went to that Dragger Kids to Pride event in, uh, at Mr. Mr. in Cedar Springs, I've noticed that there's been a huge transition from it started off as drag queen story time in libraries. Now they're at all these bars. So obviously we don't want any sexual indoctrination of children, but why are children hanging out a bar per- at a bar, period, if they're not 21? So you see this little girl, she's at the Starlighter Lounge, it's just like a dinky dive bar. It's the last place a child should be. And then on top of that, I'm saying if it's not sexualized, and then on top of that, you have men in thong dancing in front of her. So it's, it's one of the most disgusting apparent things that I've ever seen when I see these trans drag shows for children. But sadly, I think it's almost, they're almost getting more radicalized to fight us because this is happening more and more and more, Sarah. I mean, I, I know, but that's why, you know, we're working, my organization is working mm-hmm. to do this, and oftentimes, you know what, look, I, like, Chad, you're right, they are playing the victim, and that's, to me, play the victim, I don't give a crap, as long as you're not going to put on your stupid event and, and target children. If you want to play the victim, that's going to play to your audience, whatever, but over at, you know, Defend Our Kids Texas, DefendKidsTX.com, that you can go to, um, we're just like, we just want it shut down, and if you want to cry about it behind closed doors, if you want to cry about it on social media, we don't really give a crap, as long as you're not sexualizing children. Yeah, I have a question about what they're doing in terms of like playing the victim. Obviously, we don't want to lie about people. We don't want to spread misinformation about people that could get other people hurt. But what does it say about your conduct if simply accurately reporting what you are doing could bring violence to (laughs) you from normal people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good point. Right, exactly. Um, oh, and by the way, they were being bullied and threatened both online and in reviews, comments, and tweets. Try being me for a day. I get it all day, every day. Shut up and stop crying about it. All right, we got to take a quick break. First, I want to thank our sponsor, <laughs> Patriot Mobile. Uh, offers for free iPhones. Yeah, they're usually too good to be true. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with these hidden fees, so you're still paying for it. Uh, Patriot Mobile can show you how to get that same iPhone interest-free without the games and By the way, no contract. Are you listening yet? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They have nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they're using the same tower. They all share the same towers as all the major carriers, so you're going to get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. They also offer a performance guarantee, so if you are not happy with their coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free 
There's no reason not to try this. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. You can get free activation today with the offer code news over at patriotmobile.com slash news. In August, Libs of TikTok exposed Boston Children's Hospital for performing gender-affirming hysterectomies on minors. You know, these surgeries that uh, the left continues to tell you are not actually happening. They don't do those to minors, they say. Well, they do, and we've exposed that uh, in a now-deleted video tweeted by our friend Billboard Chris, uh, Chris Elston, who, by the way, will be on the program tomorrow, so make sure that you tune in. He will be in town. A Boston Children's Hospital psychologist, Carrie McGregor, actually said... Oh, you guys are going to be shocked to hear this. Breaking news, a child's gender identity may actually just be a phase of development, as it turns out. Watch. Mm. Parents do wonder if uh, a child's gender identity is a phase. Sometimes it may be just a phase of development where oh, they're exploring really? their gender identity and they're kind of getting a sense of who they are. Uh-huh. But a lot of children do end up identifying as that gender into young adulthood and adulthood. The only real way we know for sure that they're going to continue in that gender identity is, is just to their... allow them to develop <laughs> over time. And so that's what we recommend to parents is to give them the space. Even if parents are concerned that it's a phase, we never want to tell the child that they shouldn't be expressing their gender identity or that they should be um, ashamed for the way that they're expressing their gender identity because that can be quite harmful. We just want to give the child a chance to develop and explore on their own. Um, Yeah, so I would say gender-affirming care is uh, child abuse, and I would say that this, I'm not the expert, right? I'll trust the expert who just said that it could just be a phase. So gender-affirming care, if whether it's, you know, um, puberty blockers or, you know, uh, chopping off their body parts, which, I don't know, we used to just call crazy and throw people in the loony bin for that. Um, any sort of gender-affirming care is clearly abuse if a psychologist herself, by the way, no wonder they deleted the video, they're saying, oh, actually, as it turns out, kids might just be trying to figure out who they are. It might just be a normal phase and maybe we should like let that all play out before we start chopping off body parts. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, uh, a couple of years ago, my ex-girlfriend, Carrie Underwood, she uh, had a song (laughs) about how her boyfriend may be out with another woman doing all these things, teaching her how to play pool and buying her shots and, and getting drinks and, and but he may be doing these things but she mm-hmm. was definitely somewhere jacking up his truck mm-hmm. like taking a baseball bat mm-hmm. to the headlights and tearing out the seats and cutting it and keying it and the whole thing so this kind of reminds me of that you may be going through a phase we mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. but we're definitely going to f up your body <laughs> like we're definitely going to do some things that you just can't undo yeah right so my working definition of mental health is how good you can adhere to reality. They're creating a whole new reality. It's based on whatever my truth, your truth crap they come up with, right? This is mental illness. So not only are they willing to embrace your mental illness, they're willing to give you a physical illness to go with it. Mm-hmm. So if you think that's not going to mess these kids up, they're okay doing that. 
And that's why um, that's why we say the things we say. Right. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. They they call us the ones who lack compassion. But I mean, you talk to any of these detransitioners, Chloe Cole. Uh, mm-hmm. I had her on my program not that long ago. All of these these people. She's 18, and she's like, they ruined my life. I can't get these things mm-hmm. back. They did this to me. They didn't explain these things to me. I wasn't ready to do this. They rushed me into it. And you know, it's like, uh, am I the one who lacks compassion? Because I look at her and I say, I don't want young people to have to go through this anymore. Yeah. We are compassion, compassionate insofar as we recognize like that there is despair, mm-hmm. but it is not compassionate to like do this irreparable damage to you. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are smart enough to know that. And there's always going to be this sort of like generational quest, I guess, you know, find out like who we are or whatever. Like, look, I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, growing up in the 2000s, there are photos of me that exist wearing like do-rags and listening to Eminem and like there are those photos out there and you know, hopefully they never resurface, but I can evolve past that. When you are taking these hormones and when you are having these surgeries done, you don't get to look back and be like, oh, that was crazy. Like if you look down, it just doesn't quite look the same anymore. And we have to trust ourselves to not only declare that that is wrong, but we should be marketing this. I mean, you talk about like, oh, we're going to let criminals out of jail to try and win the black vote. Start playing this footage in black neighborhoods. They will either A, come vote for you, or B, definitely not go vote for the Democrats, at least in a significant proportion. But Republicans just don't have the balls to do that. Yeah, the, the Latino communities as well. I mean, yeah. they, are not, they are not having this. Yeah, no, the traditional Latino communities would not be about this at all. And listen, let's just be honest. It's called gender dysphoria. This is a mental health issue. And the fact that you're going to cut off a person's breast or their penis for a mental health issue is the wrong application for these surgeries, in my opinion. I think it's as simple as that. The most, co- okay, true or false, the most compassionate thing you can do for a child who is confused like that is to explain the truth about biology to them. Again, that is the most compassionate thing mm-hmm. you could do. I think so. Mental health is how well you adhere to reality. Now, we all have our crazy ideas and opinions. That's just life, right? There's sometimes we go off the rail. We're all on some form of a crazy Maybe spectrum. Maybe you, not me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not you, me. you, you son, totally. are the poster child. <laughs> like, Merriam Webster defines with a picture insanity with uh, Primetime 99, Alex Stein. But to do this, to continue to to just rub that salt in the wound of a child's psyche and, and say this is, you know, look, I understand there is that subcategory of the 1% out there that's, you know, they need help. Yeah. And we're not doing it. We're not giving them the help. It's the wrong kind of help. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. not help. I would not, not call help. it help at all. Uh, all right, real quick here. Parents of the Chesapeake, Virginia public school system. Um they're a little uneasy because uh, there was a new program that was started called the After School Satan Club, founded by the Satanic Temple in order to combat Christian indoctrination, they say. They obtained official approval to start holding meetings at a local primary school. They've got a flyer. You guys who are watching the program, you can see the flyer up on the screen. Hey, kids, let's have fun at After School Satan Club. And it promotes skills like critical thinking, creative expression, <laughs> and personal sovereignty. Um, this is great. This is I'm really excited about where our public schools are going. Puzzle, puzzles and snacks. Yeah. Just yeah. cost you your soul. No, I mean, please. What a yeah. small price to pay for puzzles and snacks. And paint, we're going to paint pentagrams and make double horns, <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic. Well, why aren't there pentagrams on that? Why, why is the invitation? It's just like some, you know, little crayons on it. To look. I know. That's what makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Put the devil on there. Put Moloch. Put the horns. You know, I mean, let's. if you're really into Satanism, give us the Satanism crap on the thing. But, of course, they have to hide it. Oh, let's put some crayons. We're going to talk about pumpkin pie and pencils. And you open up the card. It plays Hotel California. I want to see the devil's <laughs> wiener on this thing, not a freaking crayon is all I'm saying. John. 
It's just another example of the failure of conservative messaging because we didn't have the guts to just straight up be like, this is a Christian country. So we had to say, well, hey, it's about religious freedom. Okay, well, then they just defined Satanism as a religion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now it gets to be in the public schools. So you have to say, look, sorry, this is a Christian country. It was built upon Christianity. The Christian virtues are objectively good. If you don't want to believe that God exists, that's fine. But it is objectively good to teach children things like sacrifice, compassion, fortitude. That's just objectively good. And also, the First Amendment saying Congress shall make no law establishing, that's for the federal level. The Founding Fathers knew very well that the states not only would be free to, but would establish their own parameters of like how religion should impact the respective you know state curriculums or whatever. And we should get back to that. So yeah, we should kick, we should go like religious right mode and go into the bookstores, kick over the displays of the weird neo-Wiccan witchcraft stuff. We should start burning Satanists again hypothetically in, in, in the marketplace of ideas, burning them, like epically roasting them with facts and logic is what I mean in order to get these people back to the pits that spawned them. But I want to make this point because we keep on talking about the founding fathers and I could be wrong. But uh, we, excuse me, founders. Founders, excuse well, me. Founders. founders. We just had Thanksgiving, you know, it was about two weeks ago or when was it? I don't even know, about two weeks ago. Um, and I've read something and I don't know if this is true, but that the actual, when the pilgrims came and landed on Plymouth Rock, that they actually tried socialism at first and they just tried to share everything. Yes. And it became a nightmare. It was so much so that they were actually, you know, uh, doing business with the with the Indians to kill their own pilgrims in order to get supplies within their own community. So socialism doesn't work. They tried that. And it doesn't work. That's a really great point, actually. Thomas DiLorenzo is a great economist, uh, has a whole chapter in one of his books dedicated to exactly that. Mm -hmm. And it's also funny because the historiography that we're all taught about Thanksgiving is like actually priming you to accept what they teach you about how diversity is the best thing ever because they teach you that the pilgrims needed help and the, the wonderful uh, Savage Redskins came in and they, you know, <laughs> and it was through diversity that, and they were thankful. No, they were giving Thanksgiving to God. You can read the journals, read the letters. That's what it was. It was a Christian mm -hmm. holiday. And, yeah. and of course, the neo religion of America being diversity. They want to rewrite it to be about that, but it was a Christian holiday. Yeah. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I like that this. Over the weekend, Hillary Clinton went on PBS and compared pro-lifers to the Iranian regime and, of course, Russian war criminals. Watch. And I just wonder, when you hear it again and you see what's happening now to women around the world, what do you think, as you say, unfinished business? Well, what I think, Christiane, is that we have come a long way since I made that statement back in 1995 on so many fronts. But we are also in a period of time where there is a lot of pushback and much of the progress that has been, I think, taken for granted by too many people uh, is under attack, literally under attack in uh, places like Iran or Afghanistan or Ukraine, where rape is a tactic of war, or under attack by political and cultural forces in a country like our own when it comes mm. to uh, women's uh, health care and uh, bodily autonomy. And we're going to go around the world with you in a second, but first about precisely what you're talking about and where you are. Uh, Arkansas itself, I believe, rapidly moved to make a woman's right to choose illegal in, in your state or your former yeah. home state. And you're hosting this conference. Talk to me about the, the confluence of both these events, this pushback on American women's rights at the same time as you're trying to figure a way forward. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, we are here at the Clinton Presidential Center um, with an exhibit that is just uh, 
astonishing and uh, the breadth and depth of its uh, look at the history of the fight for the vote, to raise our voices, to claim our rights. And I think that's a conversation that should happen everywhere. Well, at least one Catholic bishop is uh, pushing back on this. This is Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas. He responded on, uh, let's see, Twitter and called Clinton an evil woman, tweeting, please, please don't listen to this evil woman. Her lies and immorality need to be silenced for the good of humanity. I mean, I, I agree if we're talking about silencing people, which I believe in free speech, but if we're gonna silence people, Hillary Clinton probably would be like at the <laughs> top of my list. Well, not only, I mean, it's no real shock to us when we say that Hillary Clinton likes to kill people. <laughs> We've known that. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at her like in that interview, she is evil. I mean, if you draw some little red circles on her cheeks, she starts to look like the Saw movies. <laughs> she really does. She really she is starting to her. take on that puppet clown. Wow, whatever, I cannot thing. unsee that. Yeah, no. you'll see it. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, she keeps talking about our rights, our rights, and people's rights, and people's rights. What about the right of the unborn? Mm -hmm. This is not about choice. If I'm pro-life, what's the opposite of life? It's death. You're pro-death. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Why are we continuing to justify this? Well, I mean, I think, you know, they use that language on purpose so that you don't question what Well, yeah, what that's another way of laundering it and, and right. pandering it out to the people and right. making it more palatable. Yeah. John? It's funny that he brings that up because it is interesting the way they frame that. Like, we're complaining because we no longer have the ability to kill children. We have to strategize. We have to be smart. <laughs> Bringing an expert on killing people, Hillary Clinton, yeah. to come provide some yeah. insight on that. Now, and, and I love how she compared it to rape, too. You know, it's like the worst thing in the world. So a woman having to have a baby is comparable to rape. I mean, this, it just she's an evil, evil disgusting one of the worst people in the world is Hillary Clinton, and I don't understand this. This is what this is what bugs me about the abortion thing. Is like there was a time not that long ago where somebody had an abortion. It was a secret. It was mm -hmm. quiet. You would never even tell anybody, you know. And, but now these politicians are like, oh, it's bodily autonomy. It's your right to choose. It's like, no, this is murder. We know that it was murder ten years ago. And nobody would talk about it, but now because it's a political issue, everybody's trying to use it for clout. So. She's a murderer. I think that's obvious, and I'm not surprised with the, you know, her rhetoric. Her husband even was the guy who popularized the term safe, legal, but rare, mm -hmm. implying like, look, this isn't good, but it still has to happen or whatever. That was like a moderate position mm. 30 years ago on abortion, but now you can't exist in the Democrat Party without wanting up until birth and even in some cases after birth. Well, and that's a good point. I think the conservative side, listen, obviously I'm anti-abortion, but if you said, oh, there's a heartbeat bill after, you know, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, if you put something that would make it more of a popular this thing, I think people would be more on board, but these people want to have abortion up until after birth, so that's literal murder. Well, I mean, yeah, because you ask these people, well, what is what is the limit? Yeah. What What is the no limit? limit? Nine months, eight yeah. months, seven months, and then they won't give you one. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, if, if they were serious about that, they would give you a limit. They don't have one, because yeah. as you pointed out, John, oftentimes it is, you know, maybe sometimes after birth, if you're Governor Ralph, Ralph Northam, and, um, you know, just keep the, I mean, look, we meant to kill it. It accidentally came out, so we'll just see what the mom wants to do. We'll keep the baby comfortable. I mean, it'll be comfortable before we kill it, before we put scissors uh, in, the, uh, in its skull. That probably won't be very comfortable, but we, we don't want to talk about that. Chad, last word. How well do you adhere to reality, right? If it's a living human being and you end its life, that is murder. It's real estate where it's occupying space, whether in the womb or outside of the womb, should not matter. Mm -hmm. That is murder. You kill a woman who is pregnant, that is a double homicide. Mm -hmm. So we have embraced mental illness because we do not want to embrace reality. Yeah. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
you can say that for everything that's happening right now. Every fucking thing. The Defense of Ukraine Twitter account tweeted this video of a Ukrainian soldier doing the Pikachu TikTok dance with the caption, Morning Pikachu dance. Winter has never been an obstacle to a good mood. So I see we've reached the uh, COVID nurses stage <laughs> of uh, the Russia-Ukraine war. Here's that TikTok watch. Yeah. Mm, looks fun. Interestingly enough, I know that person's gender. <laughs> Not hard. I just, you know, um, I don't know. I just, you see this and you see Zelensky taking pictures for Vogue and... Well, I just tried to look it up on my phone, but didn't they just have some big artist come to a concert in the Ukraine? Probably. I forget it. They I know have they had since the beginning. I, yeah. I know, I know they had Bono, or, or but I'm saying they just had one last week. They had some big artist, some European artist. So they're having concerts, having fun, having barbecues, doing TikTok dances. Well, I, they got I'm, the money for it. That's what I'm saying. They got enough. They got do. extra, you know, eighty billion. Congratulations, <laughs> America. That's what you just paid for in your taxes. That must be like some Russian psyop claiming to be Ukrainian. Because all of a sudden, after seeing that, I like want Russia to win. I mean, it's a defense of Ukraine. Twitter account. They must have hacked it. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. The Russian hackers. We're told Russia's very, yeah, very, Russia's very good at that. Uh, all right. Chad, John, Alex. You guys are kind of my favorites. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah, true that. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.